help my DTC grow. Strategies and quick wins that build up 8-figure DTC brand. How could you use a generated content deal with growth during the recession? Barry Tate is a survivor of the Boston Marathon bombing who went from being homeless and broke to running a successful marketing agency with 14 employees and the annual revenue of $130,000. Their paid media portfolio includes managing a current ad budget of $600,000 for top brands owned by celebrities trademarked in multiple countries and sold in high-end stores like Sephora and Harrods London. You will get the answers for the following questions. How to approach content creators? How to ride a wave of creator economy? What kind of hooks should you use in your videos? How could you achieve amazing results with user-generated content? And of course, I'm here to help your DTC brand grow, so I asked all my favorite questions at the end. Books to read, mistakes to avoid, quick growth tips and tools to use. Now let's get ready! For me, the most interesting thing about you was that you wanted to start a DTC brand and ended up owning an agency. How did that start it and, and what is the story behind it? I actually was planning on starting my own skincare brand, an argan oil brand, a very exclusive one. And it took me about six months to develop everything to get in contact with the suppliers, go to the factories, do my financial statements, my forecasts, everything. I even sent it to some here in the in Sweden, you can send it to the government for them to actually like take a look at and test. And I got the green light for it. They're like, okay, it's a good, good model. You can go for it. And the day I was going to start it, I looked back, I used that awareness. I said, okay, so it took me six months to get to this point and it's potentially going to take me another six or maybe even a year to break even from my investment. And I said, do I want to do this path? I will be enslaved to the business or I can actually use what I know and learned to help other businesses grow and reach a point where they can actually eventually get funding. And I said, that's a better, it's a better path for me to take financially as well. It would be very lucrative. So I decided to to take that route last minute. And how did you choose your product, this argan oil? What was the main reason for it? I actually did a lot of research on argan oil and especially since I'm Moroccan, like my grandma always would give us argan oil to ingest. You could eat it with your eggs, you could eat it with bread, or you could put it on your skin. And it had every, every single benefit you could think of. It helps you with nail health, your hair frizz, your skin. It helps, a pre like it reduces the growth of cancer cells when you eat it. It helps with diabetes. It, it helps with skin discoloration, acne, blackheads, you name it. It's an all-in-one formula. It's They call it the golden... Uh, the golden oil, I think, or something like that. I forgot what they call it, but if you look it up, you'll understand. The liquid gold. Liquid gold is what it's called. Um, And yeah, I went to this really, really good supplier there. I went to a couple of factories in Morocco and they were very badly sourced. They, add, they did additives and it was adulterated, the oil. So I went to find the best of the best and I did. It was even owned by a Norwegian guy, funny enough. And uh, he decided to give me an exclusive contract for Sweden and for the Nordics. Mm, great. And what could you give like an advice for other people who want to start with a DTC brand, but they didn't know what product to, to start with? So maybe what products to avoid 
and what could work the best in this economic environment? So one thing I would avoid completely is luxury brands. If you're trying to sell jewelry, if you're trying to sell uh, some luxury uh, apparel or some luxury perfume, it's very, very tough. And I would not even think about it because you need the financial stamina to back it up. You will not withstand the test of time when it comes to luxury because it's just you have to build a brand first to sell it. Like not a brand, but like a very thoroughly researched, very well, strong formulated brand before you can sell it and it's very hectic. What I would focus on is products that there is a need for them. Like they just sell themselves. And for me, for example, why I always think of skincare, it's because we're in this age of uh, people always having this need to look presentable, to look good or to look natural. So if you were to start anything and you want to start, for example, a skincare brand, notice there's a difference between skincare brands and beauty brands. A skincare brand, you can actually go to a herbalist or a chemical engineer. You can formulate like a a really good formula that helps solve a, a skin condition that is worldwide, that is known to men and women and you can sell that you can actually promote it and have it sell itself of course if it's vegan and it's uh, paraben free and it's not animal tested all that stuff is a must it's now a standard when it comes to skincare brands people look for that and i would actually recommend that i would definitely recommend that right now how could they choose these products so look look it after on google trends or have having some testing going on or just going to the nearby shop, a nearby mom and pop shop and and choose it. How could they choose it? So choosing a winning product or choosing a product that you know will fit your whatever niche you're targeting or whatever industry you're targeting, I would use what I call the law of averages. And the law of averages is basically where you go around and you choose all these different products in the skincare industry and you see which ones sell the most and then you come to your conclusion after you've researched everything to which one is going to work the best this law of averages that i'm i i actually apply to my life is something i've learned in college and it's very very interesting because the first time i heard about it our professor said look at this cow and we were 30 people so we were 30 people and he was like guess the age of this cow and we're like it's impossible we won't know i don't even know what do you want kilos tons pounds it's like just let's guess it in in kilos and we all gave a number someone gave a ridiculously high ridiculously low and when we took the average of that number it was actually so close to the cow's weight and it was very odd because i'm i didn't understand the logic behind it but then we did it with his age and it was really close it was like two years apart from his age and from there we actually i actually applied it in many different things when it comes to information knowledge networking uh, getting myself out there and i would talk to many different people i would read many different articles about a certain topic and then my mind knowing the information that it knows would conclude something that i would then test and then see if it works but i know that the more you have on something the closer you're going to get to an answer the more information you get, the closer you'll be to the answer. Wow, so it really affects your decisions and could affect other DTC brands' decisions. Yeah. And what are these important questions that you need to ask? So weight of a cow, okay, age of a guy, 
Okay. What are these important questions that maybe low of average could help you? Let's say you want to start a business in skincare. What? Okay. Let you ask the question. Let's let's take it this way. Let's say I want to start a skincare brand. All right. We know we want to. We establish that we want a skincare brand. Next question. What kind of skincare product do I want to sell? What sells the most? Now that's where you go and search out. Let's say you search for like 80 different businesses and their best selling product has to do with facial care, with a face cream, for example. Okay. Now that we've establish that it's a skincare product i want a face cream next step is what are the ingredients in this face cream uh, face cream that is very common in them all and you can find that there's a specific ingredient that they all share what is the basic selling point here oh it's vegan it can be used uh, 12 months after being opened or 6 months uh, it lasts for this amount of time it has this certain amount of pumps this milliliter is what works these colors tend to convert more colors are very very important as well the complementary colors uh, your color palette if it actually is appealing as well that that's something to look into and when you look at all these stuff it's just it leads you you will eventually reach a point where you're like i got it i think i know what product i want i want a facial cream that can be used and you can actually walk out with it in the sun because people are having problems with using this cream and staying inside indoors they want to be able to use it while they're at work and it'll actually be beneficial for them after only 2 months of using it they'll see a difference a massive difference after 2 or 1 month of using it so that's actually maybe a conclusion you might come into pick a product which solves a problem basically yes yeah there's a need for it yeah and how could you promote it with uh, user generated content would it be a good start as a as a starting business to have user generated content how, how should i approach creators or or influencers which is the best for for a, for a starting dtc brand or just go with facebook ads google ads and don't care about it yeah i th- i think the most striving businesses out there are the ones with good communities the ones that have communities in them and in order to create a community you either reach out to an influencer which is basically this own entity this own one person with their own following and you know their following actually come to them to get influenced and to be recommended certain products or i would go to content creators they help you with your creativity and they create a product for your business that is on brand with you not on brand with their whatever their their channel or whatever their following is and then there's a subset called the UGC content so UGC content is a subset of the content creators space where actually UGCs are more amateur like and they're more like a raw videos and they almost come off as if it's a fan of the business that created it and those have a 92% influence on people buying Mm, it's almost like my friend suggested it by it. There it is, yeah. It's it's very very high in percentage when people actually look into it. It influences them a lot. As well as the opinions of others. It's a, I think it's 70% of consumer spending is actually affected by the opinions that other people read and see. So if you have a uh, a business or a DTC brand that's actually focused on content creation, 
which is also, I mean, uh, UGCs, which are also an asset to your business. I see UGCs as an asset because you can always repurpose them. You can always use them again in shorts, reels, uh, TikTok as well. And they're everlasting. And you can have like a full ownership of them and use them whenever, wherever you want. And you, you've seen that happen with many, many brands. Like there's been many brands that one person posted about like, let's say a Coke can and they did a really good video. And then Coke reaches out to them and ends up sponsoring them because their video got so much attention. And that, that could be the same with any, any brand. And uh, since we're at, uh, if someone wants to start a DTC brand and they're using Shopify, Shopify released this new uh, app called the Shopify Collab. And Shopify Collab, you can actually go and find creators to do this for you. You don't have to actually go out and do your own research. It's all there for you. And you can even create your own community of creators in Shopify. So you have a lot of them that you like that are that would fit your brand. You add them to this community that you create for your brand. And then you can send them your products, your samples. And you can also give them incentives that they can give their followers, like a, a code of some sort or an offer. And everything is tracked in Shopify. You track the all the uh, the sales that came from them and uh, their commissions as well, how much you, you need to pay them. And I think that's the best. For me right now, I see that could be the best uh, approach for a Shopify store um, that's just starting and wants a cost-effective way to have uh, UGCs. That's really interesting. And how could you ride this wave of the new creator economy. What is the difference between influencers and creators? Are there any? Yes. One thing I actually say is you don't go viral by accident. And by riding this wave, by strategically riding this wave, there you will eventually have a video that pops off, that goes viral. And I would recommend that you test both influencer and content creators if you can afford the influencer route, because influencers tend to charge quite a lot since they already have a loyal community and their numbers speak for themselves. Like if they share your product, you can either sell out. I had a client that actually sold out of a product because they had an influencer that they didn't reach out to that decided to do it themselves and they started getting a lot of orders and then they sold out and they weren't sure why but then since their emails uh, the emails that they had like allowed them to see where it came from some people commented and said i came from this video and then they went to the video and it was like i think over a million views on the video so it's uh, the influencer route i would take but anyone starting go the ugc route the ugc route is the best for me because it's the most cost effective you can potentially get uh, creators that want to promote your product for free just because they love the brand in exchange for the products and um, affiliate codes. And you can also, I don't know if I we spoke about this, but it's the, the uh, loyalty programs. I think we were going to talk about that as well. And the, the loyalty programs, um, it can definitely go hand in hand here because a loyalty program, the most common one is point-based. So the point-based loyalty program, you can use that to actually get UGCs. So for instance, you can say... Uh, to get this free product or to get 30% off a purchase, uh, you need to get a thousand points. And here are ways you can get a thousand points. It 
don't really have it mainly on people buying, have it on them signing up to your newsletter, leaving you a review, or even sending a UGC. And if they send a UGC, they get like 800 points, which is really close to a, a big discount or a, a free product. And this can also actually get you some good, good uh, UGCs in that you can use potentially for free or for a discount. So you could reuse the CU search generated content for, for example, for paid ads or, or going viral on TikTok? Yes, but that is if you have the rights to use it. If the creator gives you the full rights to it, then you can do that. But if you do not have that agreed upon, I wouldn't. So it could be a solution to create good videos without a big team? Oh, definitely, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are there any possibilities to test my videos on YouTube Shorts or TikTok or Instagram Reel? Like, how, how did you do it? Because I know that you are also a video creator for yourself. How could it help DTC brands? Okay, this is a good one because I just started, number one. I just started posting and I didn't care about the time. I actually posted at different times at first to get some uh, analytics back from the program, from the software, sorry, to uh, see when my followers were the most active and this i did for about two to three months and now i have a time that i have written in this board where i have to post exactly at that specific time and once i do i get views pouring in immediately and when i don't i know something is off not in the posting time but in the post in itself so that's the first thing you need to do is just post to get a time that is uh, ideal for you to post that's number one number two just post as much content as you can in order for you to test and see what works and what doesn't. So for example, for me, I would post the content that was actually taken from my long form videos. And then I would put, take a content that uh, was motivational and I would add quotes on it. And I would test these two variations. And actually the ones that were repurposed from my videos did not perform as well as the others. So I knew that this is not good. So I removed it. And then now the others, when I spoke about a certain topic, it converted. When I spoke about a different topic, it didn't convert. So now I was like, okay, I need to stick to this kind of topic. Now I know what my people want that are watching, what kind of topics they're interested in. Now I take that route. And ever since, if you go back to my shorts, the past eight, everything has been performing over 1k just because I just posted and I'm very small, a very small creator. But before that, I was getting like 100 views on shorts. Now a minimum is 1k goes to 8k 4k it's starting to pick up with my tiktok it was the same with tiktok i was just posting i did entertainment i did comedy i did mental i did all that stuff to see which one performed and then once i saw that okay so these videos tend to perform more i'm gonna stick to these and i did and i got over 5 million hits in one video another one with over 1 million views another one with 300k another with 200 and then I started to raise my my view rates and now I know that if it goes below a certain number then there's a problem with my posting like I said you don't go viral by accident it's all a strategy it's all from the beginning and if you go viral by accident you will not cherish it as much because you will not understand how to go about it and you will have just a peak and getting the same same levels as that before exactly you will fall off and you will not understand how to keep it up and people are going to be like, yeah, your 15 minutes of fame is over. That's the thing. You need to be consistent with it and understand that it's a long term game and there's strategy behind going viral. 
for this brand that you mentioned uh, with a collaboration with the influencer it was their 15 minutes of fame yes because after that they didn't know what to do they didn't know how to approach it which is why they reached out to us they didn't know what they were supposed to do with UGCs if it worked they didn't believe in it at first and then slowly we walked them through it and they're slowly understanding oh wow okay this is what we need to do now. So it's, uh, yeah, it's all a matter of strategy at the end of the day. And what do you need to create a good video? I mean, do you need a good setup, a 4K camera with, I don't know, which lenses and objectives and, and so on and so on? Or do you just need your phone and go to wild? It depends on the kind of content you want. We do both. I can do like a TV style creatives where it can even be featured on TV ads or just a simple iPhone uh, creative. And I love those because they create, we see the most conversions with them because when someone's seeing it, they don't see it as like, oh, this company is actually paying for this in a way that they are, it's not as authentic. That's the whole point about it. It's not as authentic as if it was an iPhone because people trust other people that like a certain product. And if they see that it's just your average Joe or average Jane that made the video, they're going to be like more uh, relatable. It's going to be more relatable to them. And they would be more inclined to buy the product as opposed to some fancy uh, red camera or some crazy expensive camera to film a UGC or some form of ad. Uh, it, it works with certain brands, but the most that I've seen, easy, authentic iPhone quality TikToks or Reels are what convert. How much time do you have to get them on a hook with a video? It's the first five seconds, first five, eight seconds is what I would give it. Great. And what kind of hooks do you use? Or you just test it, test it, test it? Or you should, I don't know, I'm watching YouTube shorts a lot. And now I could see a pattern with this average uh, rule that you said that uh, in the first, I don't know, two, five seconds, you will have something extraordinary stupid stuff. And after that, you will just stick with it. The hooks that I actually like to use are hooks that uh, address a pain point and then a solution at the same sentence, all in one sentence. So let's say you have acne in your face. Here's how to get rid of acne in two days without having to spend this much, for example. So it has to be very short and it addresses the pain point and it also addresses the solution in one sentence. So this is just something that came up the top of my head. Or let's say we're in a podcast now and we want someone that's a bit, uh, owner, a business owner that wants to get into a podcast. Here's how to get into a podcast without spending two hours looking for it, for example. So that's so obviously we know one thing business owners they value their time so much and business owners also potentially might want to get into a podcast so giving them that hook maybe you can use it giving them that hook you can you can actually like uh, tell them here's how you can do it and then you can just redirect them in the end like or you can just reach out to us because we're a podcast <laughs> yeah it, i mean it, it's all the first five seconds and how you finish the video your call to action Have you seen any good results or, or could you say some numbers that uh, somebody is just relying on on videos on, on their marketing campaign and have, have amazing results? We have done work with a few brands that actually focused only on UGCs. But before they focus on UGCs, this is something I just need to get off my chest. UGCs is not the first thing you need to do. The first thing you need to do is have the big four. In Nord advertising, we actually call it the big four because without these four set up, just forget about everything else. And the big four are Facebook, email, SMS, 
and Google Ads. If these four are not set up and they're not optimized, then if you pour water into that cup, you're just gonna have like holes in the bottom and people just falling off. So you want it to be a good foundation built first so that when they come from the UGCs, they see that, oh wow, these guys are already well established. They, they already not they know how to make me feel as a customer. And that's always a good start. It's always a good first touch point. But if they go in and your website is not really good and you don't have an email pop-up and they just want that product, they'll just get it once and probably forget about you. Because I know you've done this. You probably bought one product and then never went back to the store to buy it. But you bought something similar to it and then you stuck with that brand. They ended up catching, getting you and keeping you. Yeah, I recently spoke with one of my friends who started an olive oil brand. His wife's uh, father uh, produces olive oil and they wanted to help the father in in the times of COVID just to make it online. And they started with a Wix website and Instagram, not ads, but, but posting. Maybe they are selling, I don't know, 500 and 1000 bottles of, of olive oil. But is it true that they are limiting themselves with a Wix page or not giving into these big four of marketing? Let's say this, if you start a business and you don't know how well you're, you're doing on Facebook, you don't know how well you can be doing on Google or email or SMS. I wouldn't do SMS for all of well. But if you don't do well on email as well, how would you know your full potential as a business? How would you know that you're at capacity at a business? Because those now are just, they're the basics to me. If you don't have them as a business, sometimes I won't even get on a call because it's not necessary for me to even jump on a call with someone who doesn't is not open to have those because there's potential. Everyone tells you, even in life, you have a potential to get up here and as a business if you don't use that potential you don't use what's given to you how would you really be like oh i'm successful and sleep at night with that in the back of your head knowing that i could potentially get like 40 percent more if i added this that's that's where it comes in it is a side business for them but i could really get what you're saying and i also said this to him and i will send this podcast to this person <laughs> hi peter hello peter <laughs> <laughs> Olive oil, that's a nice uh, a nice business. For me, it's, it's really interesting that how could you personalize your ads for the niche that you are aiming for? Or not just your ads, this big four that you mentioned, and also videos. How could you personalize videos or how could you personalize your web page after they visited your ads or visited your videos? Are there any solution for that? Yes, personalizing your web page, personalizing the ads, personalizing your UGCs. Obviously, that's what everyone is after. You want to speak to the customer and make them feel heard as much as possible and with the uh, w how i how i've done it before is i actually send out uh, emails to current customers and have them like send in their reviews or send in their thoughts on the product and this we've done with a skincare brand where we actually send them like a time form a type form uh, questionnaire of a few questions and ask them how did you come to the store for example what did you like about our product what were other websites you were looking at before buying this? Because that way you get to see 100% your, your competitors from the customers themselves. And you actually get to ask questions that really uh, give you a good insight. And this can be called zero-party data because this is basically something you can collect yourself from the, the customers one-on-one. -on -one. And you give them always an incentive. I'd always appreciate being uh, incentivized for giving my, my opinion because it means that my opinion matters at the end of the day. That's, that's what I would feel. 
if a company would do that with me. And uh, from that, believe it or not, people actually take their time to answer these questions. People actually take their time and some even tell you what they don't like about the business flat out. Like some can tell, I hate that you have this kind of color here. And they, they can be really honest in their in these questions. And that's how you can actually even see what would work in the product side of things. And you can also even see there are certain softwares that you can use to see where people are looking at, where they're clicking when it comes to your website. But uh, I don't really uh, I don't really do a lot of CRO. We do it for like only a few clients that we do see potential in and we want to help them grow. But with CRO, there's a few basic things that need to be put in place. There's a few basic things that you need to have down when you have a website. What are these? Uh, the basic thing is don't have too much fluff in that website. Don't have a lot of stuff going on. It overwhelms the client, the customers. It overwhelms someone coming to buy. And it needs to be like, you always have to uh, mention your uh, social proofing, mention your credibility in the website. Like if you're in any press, mention the benefits of your product and where they can get that product. Always have like a product, like a bestseller in the landing page as well, just because bestsellers tend to do the best when it comes to selling and your the colors. Another thing, the colors have to be complementary. Don't have any wild, wild colors in the website because that just uh, sometimes people their gut can tell them that something is off and they won't even know that when it comes to design while they're still in the, the website it, they might feel a bit uncomfortable and they don't know where that feeling is coming from but it could be a few colors it could be uh, the way you placed a cta or how big it was and that's the the psychology behind cro as well you need to have everything strategically placed and boy i've seen some websites that are horrible but the, the business is doing so good for some weird reason and how much potential is in it so yeah the businesses can be doing so well but you know that they're not at capacity they could still go sky high but they're limited because of the banners for example that they have that are not really well designed they probably don't even have infographics that can actually like uh, visually tell you how good the product is and they don't have much credibility in their it could and they have stock images stay away from it <laughs> if you have stock images in your website i don't even i don't even look i don't even continue scrolling because that's the worst that really doesn't do good for the website always stay away from stock images it's too generic yeah too generic and last but not least i want to give some seeds and nutrition for dtc brands to grow and there will be four questions that are my favorites uh the first one is what books or blogs to follow, would you recommend to read for a DTC brand? There's a book called Sell Like Crazy. I think you know it. Purple Cow. I actually would recommend certain figures to follow in the uh, DTC niche that are amazing. One of them is Adam Kitchen in email marketing. He's really, really good. Um, even though he's my, obviously we, we both do the same service. I still would recommend him because to be honest, he's, I think he's one of the best when it comes to it. He's, he's really, really good at what he does. And uh, for Facebook and Google ads, there's a few there's a few names out there obviously you know the big agencies there's there's a 3q there's snow agency i would just follow their newsletters or follow the owners because they do uh, have a lot of insight and they do write a lot about dtc growth um and i usually don't go into blogs a lot there's not much i would recommend when it comes to this stuff because i'm just doing everything in the house and i'm learning with my numbers that's the best yeah, That's the rest. It's, you are uh, you are eating your own dog food, you know. 
basically <laughs> yeah basically oh yeah obviously alex ormozy knows a lot i think everyone knows him but uh, he has a few golden nuggets in some of his videos i would highly recommend him yeah my second question would be that what is the biggest mistake that a dtc brand could make the single biggest mistake that a dtc brand could make running ads to a website that does not convert yeah you're burning your money yeah it's the worst the worst thing a brand can do ever the third question would be could you tell me your quick growth tip related to dtc brands branding be very firm in your branding because uh, people buy the feeling your product get gives them they don't buy just your product it's the feeling that they buy and if your branding has a certain feel to it and your mood board uh, creates this certain uh, feel to the whole business, uh, people will flock to you. It will attract people coming into you. It'll attract even content creators wanting to work with you because it's just a really amazing product and it, it makes them feel nice and it looks nice, it looks pleasing. So uh, that's a big one. The last question, what tools would you use as a DTC brand for growth? What uh, Shopify apps or other, other tools? For email, I would recommend Klaviyo. For SMS, I would recommend PostScript. Even though Klaviyo does have SMS, PostScript is way better. Or Attentive, one of those two. Um, for uh, Facebook and Google, I would uh, use high rows or triple whale to track the numbers. You can even use triple whale for Klaviyo because usually attribution, when it comes to these softwares, is harder to track or sometimes it's a bit off. So you want a software that will help you track everything well. And uh, for UGCs, I would recommend the Shopify Collabs app. It's just, for me, it just works. Um, what else? Another good software. Yeah, for reviews. To collect reviews, there are a few, but you can use Looks, L-O-O-X. And for creating uh, certain landing pages, I would probably go for Gem Pages. It's another app. For the rewards, I would go for Loyalty Line. I think many people know about this one. Loyalty Line. It's just the basic to start off with. I think those are good good softwares to have and apps. And of course, use the low of yes, averages. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> Love averages. That works. Yep. Every time. Thank you, Maddie, that you've answered our call. Thank you. And have a good time in the northern areas of Sweden. All right, take care, Miklos. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. And don't forget to try these tips today. For more seeds and nutrition, stay tuned for the next episode.